yeah. I'm recording now. Yes, I'm recording now. All right. Well, I was recording on Craig, but not on my Audacity, even though I'm sure my audio still sounds like garbage. Because oh, it's pretty good. That's that's good to hear because we haven't put anything in the walls in our office. It's basically a storage room right now. There's a mattress over against that wall. <laughs> nice. There's a baby wife's box staring at me right now. Did you end up getting that? Is that the mattress, the twin mattress that you guys wanted? Yes. Whatever the full. Okay. We picked that up last night. Um, had a disagreement with my uncle about the brand new bed frame they found in the house that they're selling, my childhood home. Mm -hmm. So we got it, started to put it together, and we were like, oh, this is a queen, let's return it. And then my uncle was like, no, no, you can make it a twin. You can make it a twin. You just gotta put it together right. And so we humored him and took it anyway. Try it again. It's a fucking queen. The things, theoretically, you're supposed to be able to adjust bed frames to be Yeah, you know what? Yeah, but you have to have that special weird metal frame with yeah. like the wheels, old school. <laughs> yeah, and... It may actually be even a king size frame, which makes it even less likely you can take it down <laughs> yeah. to a twin. Yeah. We can probably make it a full size, but we don't have room for a full size. We have room for a twin bed to shove our guests in the corner of our office. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, is that the twin bed for your guest room? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so really, it's not a guest room. It's our office. But if someone needs to stay the night instead of the couch, they'll have a bed. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that. I don't want them to think we want... Want them to leave. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, this is Real Horror Show. I'm your host, Samantha, joined, as always, by the Stormy Skies. Hey, it's me. <laughs> uh, three weeks into moving and nothing is fully put away. The kitchen's slowly coming together. The living room looks nice. The guest bathroom looks gorgeous. Nice. Uh, <laughs> my clothes are put away. Everything in between, like the knickknacks and shit yeah. it, it doesn't feel like home yet so i'm still out of my element yeah i totally i totally get that man but yeah that's life Beat. um we're here this week to trudge on with midnight sun by stephanie meyer oh. a book that <laughs> really should have only been 300 pages i know <laughs> half of this We've already read before. Yeah. And the other half, pretty interesting, but you have to, like, get through what you've already read to get to the interesting, like, vampire lore and history of the other characters. Yeah, and you know what? It's not, it seems like it's not going to really happen that way. <laughs> no, it's not. I do think... Um, the book's right in front of me. I haven't opened it yet. Yeah. It was one of the last things I actually read in the book before swapping over to audio. Mm -hmm. Because chapters, listeners, chapters 18 and 19 combined were about 100 pages. Oh my god. And when I saw that, I noped out of it and got the audiobook. Sweet. And those chapters were about 90 minutes each. Oh. And <laughs> like, half of it could be cut down because... Even in Twilight, Stephanie has this bad habit of being super repetitive yeah. with what she writes. Oh my god, she is. I don't even know where to get started with this, because these chapters were so long, and even though I've read them earlier this week and over the weekend, 
I don't know anything anymore. Well, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and start with uh, the chapter, the first chapter that we we read. I think was that chapter fifteen. Um. <laughs> you know, I'll just go by the few tabbies I have for this episode. Great. Let's just do that. Okay. Because chapter it's fine. fifteen. Excellent. We started this. Uh, we started this section with chapter fifteen and went through chapter twenty-one. Admittedly, I am still a little behind, but we're at the part of the book where I actually remember shit that happens. Yeah. Because we're getting close to the climax. Um, the final chapter in this section was the baseball game, mm-hmm. which is just iconic Twilight. Of course. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, yes, this chapter starts with Edward and Alice, and in fact, I think it's the whole chapter that they're trying to figure this out. Um, All the different possibilities of how Edward and Bella's relationship is going to end, which still isn't Alice telling the future. That's just... (laughs) That's just making predictions of, you know, this could happen, but if you do this, this could happen. Yeah, exactly. That's just having a fucking conversation. Right, yeah, it literally is. Yeah. That's me trying to figure out where to go to grad school. (laughs) Yeah, if you choose this, then your future will look like this. However, if you choose that, your future will change. Like, wow, we all must be Alice. Yeah. Anyway, um... Oh, yeah, that's even a note. I didn't even read my note. Um, I highlighted this line. The vision shimmered, waved, and then returned to solidity with sharp, clear edges. And my note right next to it is, this is not how you predict the future. No, it is not. (laughs) You're... I'm a big, um, let's, let's refer to Forrest Gump, using this to talk about a better movie. Um, Forrest Gump's mama believes that life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And Lieutenant mm-hmm. Dan believes that your destiny is already predecided. Everything that's going to happen is meant to happen to you. It's Calvinism versus, um, not Calvinism. <laughs> I've taken a history class in a very long time, or a religion's yeah. class. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when there's a character that can predict the future, I'm I want it to be more like Calvinism, and I can get why writers don't want to do that because it makes the character a little overpowered. Mm-hmm. But. The way Stephanie Myers has done it for Alice is she is the most useless clairvoyant ever. Yes, she she really is. <laughs> like, let's refer to Breaking Dawn Part 2 of the movie series. Excellent. Um, that whole dream sequence of a fight that they added in because Breaking Dawn had the most anticlimactic ending of all time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it did. It was just like... This is going to happen if you keep on your path. This really cool fight scene. And then he was like, you're right. That's shitty. Let's let the child live. And then... I know! That whole scene. It was like five minutes long. And then it was like, oh, this is what Alice is showing him because... Yeah. Because the book was so fucking boring that they had to have one final... Had to have some action. Which I'm glad they did that, because that car- that Carlisle kill really riled the audience up. Poof, I know. As it should. Yeah, of course. Carlisle is, like, the best character, obviously. And to skip ahead to the chapter Carlisle, which really isn't about Carlisle, it's about Edward. 
Um, yes, continue, please. Carlisle was turned into a vampire sometime in the 1600s, late 1600s, and he's still alive today. That's the interesting vampire story I want to hear, because he's a vegetarian who wants to help people. That's a really cool story. Esme, from what I vaguely remember from these chapters, because I forgot that she had a kid in her human life, that's yeah. an interesting story. Edward being fucking Dexter is an interesting story. I know, right? Their love story, not interesting. Yeah, and that chapter is so ridiculous because in the be- in the beginning, I was like, oh, we're going to learn all about Carlisle. And then Bella's like, oh, I would like to hear the story of like your life and all these paintings on the wall illustrate moments of your life. And he's like, well, I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to work. Bye. <laughs> like, what? Like, great opportunity for some character development. I just, like, send him off to work so Edward is the only narrator ever. Yeah. And another thing thing that's getting a little annoying, just because it's kind of an overuse of dramatic irony. Mm -hmm. I like talking about books I get to use on my literary terms that are completely useless in the real world. I like it. I love it. (laughs) Um, uh, Page 312 in the Mm. physical book. It was too bad the Quaalude Treaty was toothless these days. Three generations ago, all I would have had to do was walk to La Push, a useless idea now. This is like the second time she's referenced that the werewolves don't exist anymore. Right. And if we were younger, had this come out when it was originally supposed to, I'm sure we'd be like, ho, ho, ho. And it's just like, ugh, now. It is. Because, again, this book could be, like, 300 pages shorter, in my opinion. I know. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of books could be 300 pages shorter. Yeah, I don't know where this book got lost with all these pages. Yeah. Um, um, because yeah. it's a neat idea, telling the story again from Edward's perspective, making us realize he truly is just a fucking psychopath. <laughs> he really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> But since it's so far out from when Twilight was released and it's had its impact on our lives, the series is over. We've already had one Twilight retelling with life and death. It just, we really just need the like strictly Edward sections because we know what happens when he's with Bella. Yeah. And like, let me just do a side note before you move on to the next page. So that what you just read, the excerpt where he, he talks about the treaty being like toothless. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to connect this back to what you said earlier about Stephanie Meyer and how she is extremely repetitive as the book goes on. Not (laughs) only in like, she pretty much used that exact phrasing before. Yeah. Yeah. Like not only exact phrasing, but she'll repeat key words in like the next paragraph. And that drives me fucking insane. Like dazzling for five chapters straight. Yeah. Yeah, like dazzling, and then she meant she describes something as toothless, the treaty, and then in like one more paragraph, she like describes uh, Jacob's grandfather or father, whoever he is, as mm-hmm. toothless. And I was like, can you stop using that word, dude? Like, find a synonym. Yeah. Oh, it just is lazy. <laughs> like, yeah. stop. That means you're writing too much, dude. Yeah, and you know, someday. I hope I can be a big enough writer that I don't need an editor anymore because 
clearly editors aren't needed for best-selling books. Yeah, clearly. A fucking, just editor, would have, a fucking editor would have made that note. Yeah. <laughs> Find a synonym. Synonym. A synonym, synonym dude. Synonym. Synonym. Still in chapter 15, I think, uh, I'd almost forgotten my earlier fear. Such a conceited fear that Bella would find me repulsive when I revealed my true self in the sunlight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, God. He just fucking glitters. I know. He's so so dramatic. He's like, oh, this is the skin of a killer. And it's like, dude, you just, like, kind of are shiny. Like, that's it, bro. (laughs) It's like, bro. Women like shiny things. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's not like you turn into a lizard person. <laughs> it's not like you're going to start melting, like actually fucking melting like a vampire supposed to. Yeah, like like a wax candle. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, he's just, he, it's too much. He, he like, yeah. that whole time in the meadow is actually just all way too much. He just is too much and too annoying and ridiculous and dramatic and it's just ridiculous i I just couldn't stand him at that time um the last two notes i made in chapter 15 at the very bottom was um just confirmation that edward was the first one carlisle turned into Mm -hmm. a vampire yeah um, just shortly before esme and then um that edward and carlisle should be a couple i know because he's always like Carlisle was the best of us, and I wish that I could be like him, and I always look up to him, and, you know, him and I don't look alike, but we're both pale, so, you know, we, yeah. we can pass his face. And that's another repetitive thing she keeps bringing up is, like, we don't look alike, but, you know, the pallor of our skin and our eye shade is the same, so obvi we're related. Like, ugh, she repeats that, like, ten times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I can't remember if it was in this section or the last section, and mm-hmm. this is going to be pertinent pertinent to the um chapter 17 whenever they end up finally in the meadow okay i actually have like more highlights from the chapter i listened to and um read along with today i was cleaning and stuff so i don't have as many for the later chapters but uh edward asks if she's dated anyone before him and she said no and Mm i i didn't remember that from the original book and yeah. it probably wouldn't have stuck with me as a 13 year old the yeah. same way it's sticking with me as a 27 year old right like oh i want to marry my first love right <laughs> uh, no shade to you because you and luke have been together for like 25 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude not none taken man <laughs> I mean, David and I have known each other since I was 13, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes when you know someone, you really aren't sure that you're going to end up together forever. But yeah. there there are certain people who are like, I'm going to marry the first person I meet and that's it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little bit different. Like I always tell my friends who have a little trouble in the romance department. I'm like, David and I just got like super lucky. <laughs> Yeah, dude. It's normal not to find your soulmate until you're a little older. Yeah, like to be married before you're thirty. Yeah, exactly. It's like way more normal to like find it than later. After it takes like a while to meet somebody 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I would say a big mistake would be to just settle on the first person if it's like not right. Anyway, yeah. that's like a whole different conversation. Yeah. But it'll, anyway, it'll, it'll come up again when I get back to it'll. Come okay. Because there's a conversation in her bedroom that I take major issue with right now. Oh, that conversation. Yeah. Um. So chapter seventeen is the big chapter where they're in the meadow and they finally like. He sparkles, and um, she's like, I've never seen anything more beautiful. Never imagined something so beautiful could exist. And he's like, I'm a monster, but he doesn't really do that in the book. That's only a movie thing. Excuse me. It's the skin of a killer, Bella. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> um, let's see. This chapter goes on way too long, and part of the reason I switched over to the audiobook is just... Because of Stephanie's repetitiveness, mm-hmm. my eyes just started glazing over this meadow <laughs> chapter. Because, yeah. again, it goes back to the whole thing we talked about last episode where he's conflicted and it's every other fucking paragraph. Right. Yeah, it really is. And it just, um, it gets exhausting as yeah. the reader because you have to work at pushing yourself through reading these words. Sucks. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Everything about me made her want to move closer to me just exactly as it was designed to do. So you fucking know that the shininess is meant to attract people so you can kill them easier, Edward. You know it's not... wrong with him? Um, Let's see. Uh, Oh, is this... uh... So on page 353, don't be afraid, I begged in a whisper. I promise. No, that had become too casual of a word. I swear not to hurt you. And this is like um, literally five seconds after he does the whole famous scene from the movie where he basically threatens her. Yeah, um, and he like throws a tree or yeah. some shit. <laughs> yeah, and it, no, it's literally page 352. He does all that shit where he's like, as if you could outrun me. And then he throws <laughs> a tree against another tree and it explodes. And he was like, as if you could fight me off. And then he's like, oh, don't be afraid. And that's what I mean by the fucking abusive relationship. I wish I could scroll back really fast to our message when I read that to you. And I like messaged you. (laughs) Look, don't be scared, Bella. But I want to kill you. I will kill you. Dude. Like, I totally, I'm starting to see more, um... And I, I'll continue to say this is the dumbest argument I ever got in in grad school. Reading this version of events, mm-hmm. I'm definitely picking up more of the Fifty Shades of Grey inspiration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great connection. Um, um, because yeah. everybody knows Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fan fiction. It's, it doesn't fucking matter if you saw it in the text or not. It was. It's a fact. It's a fact, okay? Your opinion doesn't matter because it's already... It simply is, okay? Anastasia had a Mexican friend, a friend of color, named Joseph, who was in love with her. (laughs) Joseph. And a dangerous boyfriend who she should stay away from. Anyway. Yeah, what a... Remember we watched that movie? Wow. Like, okay, if you're listening, guys, we Sam and I also discussed this in an episode, our Valentine's Day special on Fifty Shades of Grey. So if you haven't seen it, we we completely run it down. So why don't you listen to that after this so you can make the connection yourselves? Awesome. 
Uh, speaking of Fifty Shades of Grey, maybe when we want to delve into another book sometime in the future, we'll oh do the um, Fifty Shades of Grey from his perspective. Because don't you worry, E.L. James made sure to copy that too. Really? There's a Fifty Shades of Grey that is from the perspective of dude. Mm-hmm. Of the dude. Yeah. Christian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude. I was like, yeah. Yes, Christian Grey. Oh, my God. What's it called? Like Fifty Shades of Grey by Christian Grey? I think it's just called Grey. <laughs> That's stupid. But okay. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, please, please forgive me. I pleaded. I can control myself. You caught me off guard, but I'm on my best behavior now. That is exactly what abusers say. <laughs> Dude, like, like yeah, like they're like almost oh. verbatim. Yeah, they're like, it's my fault that I'm terrible, but actually, because you smell good, it's your fault. But I'm, I'm really trying for you, man. Like, what? Like, I can't even like, like I'll be good now. I promise, it'll never happen again. Fuck you, Edward. We know, know it's Edward. gonna happen again, and we know you're gonna like hurt Bella beyond repair. Because in the next book, you're gonna leave her for six months. Yeah, as if that's a good idea, and then you're like, oh. Well, I'm back now. I figured if, that that was a bad idea. <laughs> as if making her completely codependent on you is a good idea Jeez. to just up and leave her. Um, let's see. Yeah, have, because... Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they continue sharing this intimate moment in the meadow for like 40 pages. <laughs> I know. They literally just lay there and it's 40 pages of Edward thinking his thoughts. Yeah. As Bella like fondles his arm. Yeah, like, yeah. And then he's like, well, I could kill her, but I love her. She's my life, but I'm a monster. And it's just like back and forth for 40 pages. So that was fun for us. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that was that one of the first couple chapters. It just seems like it all it's all one chapter to me. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> this section on 359, still in the meadow. Mm -hmm. I remember this from the movie, but I think the movie, once again, did a better job at translating the line because stephanie just doesn't know when to stop yeah writing um maybe that's not the right comparison i mused maybe it would be too easy to turn down the brandy perhaps i should have made our alcoholic a hero heroin addict instead in my exact note not as good as the movie line yeah i know how how like how awkward yeah she smiled <laughs> talks like that she smiled not as widely as before but with a cheeky twist to her pursed lips. So what you're saying is, I'm your brand of heroin? I almost laughed with surprise. She was doing what I was always trying to do. Make a joke, lighten the mood, de-escalate. <laughs> Only she was successful. Yes, you are exactly my brand of heroin. And I just remember that line being so much more impactful in the movie because it didn't have all this filler dialogue. Yeah. It was, Edward, also, it was yeah. Edward hunched away in a tree saying, you're my personal brand of heroin. And that was it. Yeah. And you know what? It's because the line was delivered by Rob Pattinson and he's like so suave and charming. And he, he just, it, it's different from this, like who, whoever this Edward is, who is like an alien who just described Bella making a joke. Like yeah. what? You don't have to describe that to me. Like I, I got it. Don't spoon feed me because it makes me feel like what is happening <laughs> exactly yeah she has a way of spoon feeding everything to you which i didn't catch on when i was 13 but i'm yeah. sure if i revisited the book twilight now it would infuriate God. me 
Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, you don't have to explain this, Stephanie. I understand that she's being humorous, but okay. If you say I so. I know the joke in my group of friends when we went through our Twilight hating phase in high school, like every girl who loved Twilight does. <laughs> yeah. Um, we <laughs> joked about going through the original Twilight and making line edits. And it's not so much line edits that you would need to make with these books. Like, from the voice of a high schooler, the grammar doesn't need to be picture-perfect Yeah, beauty. It's the developmental edits these books really need more mm-hmm. than anything. And I like to think that I do those better than line edits. Right. I usually need to have someone do line edits for me while I focus on bigger picture stuff. But stuff like this, this is definitely a developmental edit where it's like, hey, Stephanie, just like have Edward say, you're my personal brand of heroin, and your designated audience is going to get that. Yes, they are. Um, you know, like, Stephanie, it's okay to just have, like, a couple lines of dialogue, not follow up with ten fucking paragraphs of descriptor about Edward thinking thoughts. Yes. Like, maybe that's why there's so many fucking pages. <laughs> oh, and I don't mean to backtrack, but this mm-hmm. just popped in my head thinking back to 13-year-olds loving this book. Yeah. It was, like, the emo 13-year-olds who really loved it. Uh-huh. And always thought, like, Bella and Edward were emo just like them. Yeah. But everything... Oh, good. I tabbied it with a note that says fucking nerd. Uh, back to 317. Uh, mm-hmm. But I didn't have to be conspicuous right from the start. I grabbed a pale beige sweater and pulled it over top. It was I was much more comfortable that way. Just the color collar of a white shirt showing above my crew, crew neckline <laughs> over top was normal. Uh, they're pretty fucking preppy. They're not goth. They're not emo. They're preppy. <laughs> yeah, they're super preppy, and Bella's actually pretty upbeat in yeah. this book. You know, yeah, she, surprisingly. she's so goddamn depressed in the movie, but she's, like, actually pretty funny and, like, yeah, and, uh, witty. <laughs> I made this comment with our first episode in this series, is we're getting more personality from Bella from Edward's perspective, which... Yeah solidifies my point that maybe Twilight should have been a dual perspective novel. Mm-hmm. Because then I could justify the 600 page length. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're getting two completely different perspectives in the same story and you're not repeating shit. Yeah, it's like Bella's a different fucking person. And it's like Edward's a different person. So it's very weird. Um, but yeah, I like this Bella more because she's more fun. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a lot more charming. Um, yeah. Let's see, page 376, mm-hmm. he finally fucking said it, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb, I yeah. whispered. Her eyes were so open and accessible for one second, and then she flashed again, and flushed again and looked down. She steadied her breath for a moment, and an impish smile returned. What a stupid lamb, she teased, stretching out the joke. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a sick masochistic lion I countered, which I remember from the movie. I don't necessarily remember it from the book, but it was probably there. I if think not, it might have been there. I, if I it's hope. not, would that be like a slight violation of copyright if Stephanie's taking stuff she liked from the movie and well, putting it in the so, news? Maybe because I remember you pointed something out last episode about there being something said between Edward and Bella in this version, but you think it wasn't in Twilight, but it was for sure in the- Yeah, the, um, <laughs> how old, how long have you been 17 line? Yeah. 
But like I said, I don't, I remember the last section of this, of Twilight a lot better than I remember the rest of it because Mm -hmm. with the last section of Twilight, you have all the action. You have the baseball game, you have, um, what's his face? Laurent's friend, Victoria's boyfriend coming. James. Yeah. James. How can I forget (laughs) such a interesting name like that? Very vampiric. (laughs) Uh, I'll just call him Cam because that's who played him in the movie. Yeah. You have Cam come in, um, kidnap Bella, somehow get a hold of her family tapes. I remember that. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just, re- I don't remember a lot of the, f- like, forward material in Twilight because it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, I remember a lot from the movie because I just did a whole movie marathon. Mm-hmm couple weeks ago maybe like more than like two months ago now but i still like remember but i haven't read the book since like it came out i read it once i didn't like i don't reread stuff so it's been like over 10 years or whatever um so i can't contest what happens in the book versus what happens in the movie uh coming up on the tail end of chapter 17 finally um they're finally making out her arms wound around my neck her fingers twisted into my hair she used that leverage to crush her lips more tightly to mine her lips felt warmer than before as fresh blood flowed through them they opened wider an invitation an invitation it would not be safe for me to accept so edward can't french he can't french kiss that was so lame (laughs) also since we have confirmation that bella's never had boyfriends other than edward and later on when we get to it Edward's probably also never made out with a girl. It's yeah. got to be really not a pleasant experience. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like super weird because it's both their first time. And yeah, like the way yeah. it's described, she used that leverage to crush her lips more tightly into mine. <laughs> you're not. Cr- Stephanie, have you kissed anyone? You're not crushing. How hard? <laughs> you're not crushing anything. How hard do you need to press? <laughs> You don't even need to press that hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Stephanie's trying to be like, well, obviously this is what's happening because I have to explain myself. Like, you don't. I mean, if she wanted it really realistic and not stupid, she could have said that their teeth clashed. That happened. Ah, yikes. Yeah, but that's like, that's like real shit, though. Yeah. And Stephanie's not good at writing the real shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mind over matter. One of super long chapters when I finally just said fuck this and went audio. But what I was, was that I was, chapter even about? Um, it was the first time Edward admitted to spending, admitted to watching Bella while she sleeps, and she's really calm about it. Like, oh, yeah. Like they joke about it, and I'm like, Bella, this isn't okay. <laughs> Bella. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, I meant to look up. Um, this Johnny A song that's mentioned in this chapter. Oh yeah. I thought about doing that. I was okay. It's fine. We read like 250 pages this week. I, I'm so glad you brought it up because I remember that specifically and I was like, what the heck? How does that song even go? I don't know that song and now I'm remembering this specifically. Music in the fifties was good, much better than the sixties or the seventies. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerd. Fuck you, Edward. I know, Edward. What? Like, who asked you? Your opinions are stupid. 
The 70s had great music. I have a playlist dedicated to moody 70s rock. Yeah, dude. You got the Fleetwood Mac. You got the Zombies. You got... Uh, what else was there? Wow, Fleetwood Mac. Excellent. Even just Fleetwood Mac is yeah. just great. You got your... Um, All the Kenny other Loggins, Danny's yeah. song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, just music. wanted to point out Edward's a pretentious shitbag. Um, he, he was like, I only love big band swing. <laughs> Wait, why did we never get a swing dancing scene with Bella and Edward? I know she's clumsy and forgets to breathe when they make out. <laughs> she really, like, listen, I don't think that you can actually make yourself, like, pass out because you, like, hold your breath. I think that you actually have to breathe. Because your body, yeah, does you an emergency after, breath. After this episode, let's collect our partners and test if we can just make out while holding <laughs> while holding our breath. Because clearly <laughs> Bella can. I know what the heck. I mean, like, but you were right because they never did it before. So they're like, I don't know what's supposed to happen. I guess I'll just hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think in this chapter we get Emmett's backstory, and I don't think. We've gotten Emmett's backstory previously, so that was yeah. So that was nice. I've always wondered how bear attack, <laughs> how um, he and Rosalie found each other, and I liked finally having that story. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, so Edward spends the night in chapter eighteen. Yes, um, we get another reference to the Volturi, not as much as later chapters in this section. Um. And another thing, Stephanie Myers has decided to repeat for God knows what reason, um, <laughs> yeah. is comparing Bella's wet hair to seaweed. Oh, yeah, he does do it again. Or she does, I mean, Stephanie, but Edward mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah, stop, Edward. It's Seaweed's not, like, like something you should compare hair to if you love Bella. Yeah. Oh, this is a good line I highlighted on page 395. Okay. Did she imagine that I was a, as depraved as any peeping Tom? That I leered at her from the shadows, hoping for her to expose herself? <laughs> you kind of were, Edward. Quite literally. Yeah, like literally, because you were in the shadowed corner. Where she couldn't see you. Yeah, or Charlie, because Charlie had popped in one time and like he was like, I was in such a dark corner that I know Charlie wouldn't see me if I was just super still. Like, you may not have been hoping she'd expose herself, but like, this I could just be a me problem. Sometimes I get super hot in the middle of the night, so I wake up and just take my shirt off. Dude, that's fine, because when you're sleeping, you have to be comfortable. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting someone to be leering at me from the corner of my bedroom. Some people sleep without any clothes on, dude. Like, that's just how it is for some people. But they don't expect people to be fucking leering at them from the dark corner of the room, waiting for them to expose yeah. themselves. <laughs> oh, Edward, oh, you're just fucking the fucking worst. <laughs> um, page 393, this is just, uh, this is just me begging... Every other writer in the world, whether you're a TV writer or a book writer, adults need to just stop drinking milk with dinner. Nobody fucking does that. Ew, who drinks milk with dinner when do they do that? 397. Can you get me some of that? Charlie asked. I'm bushed. 
It was easy to understand the sounds of Bella moving around the kitchen while Carlyle settled himself. Even without a more convenient set of thoughts to watch through, chewing, Bella was finally eating something. The refrigerator opening and closing, the microwave whirring, liquid too, thick for water. I would guess milk poured into glasses. (laughs) No adult just casually drinks milk with dinner. Dude, I stopped drinking milk with dinner after I like grew up and I was like, you know what? I don't want milk dinner, just with coffee. Yeah, like I'll have milk for breakfast if I'm in a hurry because milk fills you up. Yeah. But, and also when I'm eating spicy food, just so I can enjoy the spicy. Yeah. Good point. That, the water. <laughs> oh my God, water and spice, it's like water makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. So if I don't have sour cream to dip the spicy to takis uh, in, <laughs> it's, it's gotta be milk. I, I love always, sour cream. <laughs> I always feel so sluggish after drinking a cup of milk, so... It makes sense with breakfast. It makes sense with lunch. But dinner, I don't want to feel sluggish. How much fucking milk do you have to, like, purchase for yourself if you drink a whole eight-ounce glass with every meal? I don't know. You know how long it takes us to get through milk? Like, a week and a half because David just has it with his breakfast, and then I use it in cooking sometimes. Dude, same. I we only I only use it in coffee and then milks or Luke sometimes has like a cup of milk with breakfast and like that's it. We don't touch it. Yeah. Unless I like make homemade hot chocolate. Yeah. But like that's not often. <laughs> so the only acceptable time I will allow adults to drink milk is with their breakfast. Yes, with their breakfast. Absolutely. Maybe maybe with lunch if you're having like a super light lunch and you need something a little more filling than water. Yes. But good God, the next time I see a 16 ounce cup in a TV show <laughs> filled with milk in front of a 40 year old man, I'm calling the police. Yeah, like a, cu- a cup of milk with like a fucking like steak and french fries. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Uh, let's see, we get more Mike Newton hating because God. just leave the poor boy alone. Um, and also, I feel like. Uh, yeah, this note goes with that star. Um, I lay across her bed, the most obvious place in the room where there would be no hint of trying to disguise my presence. I knew that her scent would engulf me in here. The smell of detergent was fresh enough to suggest she'd washed her sheets recently, but it didn't overpower her own fragrance. Overwhelming as it was, it was painfully pleasant to be to be surrounded by in the uh evidence oh wait that's not the note um anyway there's something in this section that implies that he's just been shirtless since the meadow and he's shirtless i think so (laughs) also uh he shouldn't just lie across her bed yeah that's gross wait until she invites you onto your bed onto her bed edward I i thought he was like an older man who was like really courteous Apparently not. Apparently a teenager in 1917 is the same as a teenager in 2005. Yeah, he just oh, like forgot he was getting older and he's like, well, I'm in high school, so I'm never going to yeah. mature mentally. Oh, and somewhere in these chapters when he's talking about, actually, I think in this chapter coming up right before we get to the sex. Yeah. Sex talk. Uh, they don't have sex because they don't do that until they're married. Silly. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, silly. <laughs> we just mean they say the word once. <laughs> um, 
we get um, a, a look into their life cycle, which I've brought up before that I wanted to know about their life cycle. Um, I guess the earlier they start, quote unquote, the longer they can stay in a place. So yes, Emmett and Rosalie will get married and move away from the family at some point and then come back. And so I got that answer. Yeah, that was never mentioned in the movie. Yeah, because he he, just, he mentioned that uh, they're going to probably have to plan a wedding, another wedding for Emmett and Rosalie soon. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Oh, um, yeah. So, weird book that was mentioned on page 401 of this chapter, Tooth and Claw. Uh, one of her favorites that I'd never read. Um, is it a real I, book? It is a real book. Um, not exactly what I was expecting. Okay. Uh, don't know if maybe Joe Walton's married to Stephanie Meyer. I didn't look. Oh, that's a woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, Joe. Yeah, was like maybe a- she's. Uh, Stephanie Meyer's like Mormon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're friends. Uh, the book's plot is similar to that of a Victorian romance, specifically Anthony Trollope's Framley Parsonage. With the obvious difference that that's not a fucking plot summary that's telling me <laughs> that's the comps. Um, it looks like a fantasy novel with dragons. It won World Fantasy Award for Best Novel in 2004. Oh, no. 2004? Wow. <laughs> so I'm going to guess she and Stephanie are friends just because they probably um, walk in the same group as yeah. YA yeah. fantasy authors who like Victorian romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was both strange and charming of course any story of triumphant love would fit my humor today <clears throat> so then things get a little heated in the bedroom <laughs> um, then they kind of talk about sex um, that suits me bring on the shackles I'm your prisoner uh, I wrapped around her. I wrapped my hands around her delicate wrists as I spoke, which I don't like that image at all. Yeah, very Fifty Shades of Grey. I know. Maybe um, the tables have turned, and Stephanie took some inspiration. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um. So yeah, they talk about sex, and it is confirmed um, that Edward is a virgin as is Bella, and Bella makes a very snide remark. Of course not, she answered at once. Not angrily, but incredulously. Incredulously. Thank you. It's late. (laughs) It's like 7.30. It's way past my bedtime. Same. (laughs) I told you I've never felt like this about anyone before, not even close. Did she think I hadn't been paying attention? I know, I assured her. It's just that I know other people's thoughts. I know love and lust don't always keep the same company. They do for me. Now anyway, that now anyway, not that they exist for me at all. Her use of the plural was kind of a kind acknowledgement. I knew that she was I knew that she loved me. The fact that we both lusted was definitely going to complicate matters. I decided to answer her next question before she could ask it. That's nice. We have that one thing in common, at least. So that confirms that Edward's never had sex, not even with Tanya. Yes. Which I thought he did a bunch of I times. thought so, too. Like... I swear, that's, like, confusing now to, like... I don't, I don't give a shit about your good Christian values. If you've been stuck in the body of a 17-year-old boy for 94 years, you're gonna get a humpin'. 
Yeah, and there's like, the, and she like wants to be with him. Yeah. Um, and they both like don't have anybody, so I don't understand what the problem would be if she's a vampire and there's like no harm and there there's no way to harm her. Yeah. Like he could Bella. Like just whatever. Have the sex. <laughs> He's such a prude. He is. Just have the sex, Edward. Find someone to have the sex. But we still don't get an explanation of vampire boners, which yeah. I, I tweeted about. Yeah, did you? Did I miss yeah, that one? Probably. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that ba- that basically ends the chapter. And my final note with that one was, uh, it's just upsetting that <laughs> this is Bella's first relationship and it's all she's ever going to know. Yeah. Like, you can pull star-crossed lovers or soulmates out of your ass, but, I don't know, it's still depressing. Yeah, it is pretty depressing, because <clears throat> because he just is, get, he's kind of like, he's pretty boring, actually. He, like, Bella has more of a personality than him, and he should be, like, he should just, I feel like he should be a bit more cultured or something, because he is so old. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just, like, very just one dimensional he's just like flat yeah and that's that's the end of my actual physical notes in the book and so just more general thoughts now yeah um since we're coming up on an hour somehow don't know how that happened Jeez, yeah (laughs) having to refresh yourself on 300 pages goes fast right um He has a conversation after he spends the night with Bella. He talks to Rosalie and I just, I feel so fucking bad for Rosalie and getting to know her better in this book. It just infuriates me come breaking dawn because Rosalie wants to have children so bad. Yeah. And Bella gets her cake and eat it and and eats it too. Right. And it's kind of like a very weird thing to reference while talking about Twilight. How I Met Your Mother, spoiler alert for How I Met Your Mother, uh, Ted meets the mother, has kids with her, and she dies, and so he gets to be with Robin, who never wanted kids, but Ted wanted kids, and that's why their relationship didn't work out. So naturally, you gotta kill the mom so he can still have his teenage kids and get to be with the real love of his life. (laughs) It reminded me of that, and it's just bullshit, and it made me wonder since apparently edward can still fucking knock chicks up could rosalie get pregnant yeah she has sex with a human man or does vampirism just fucking murder the womb and not the sperm make it make sense stephanie yeah it's, it's starting to upset me it is um and i don't i don't know if that's a great question because whenever in, I don't know what movie it is, I guess Breaking Dawn Part 1 or whatever, um, when she's with Edward, they know that that's like an impossibility that Bella would get pregnant from him because he's a vampire. So like, mm-hmm. may, yeah, but like, I don't know if there's a difference with like a vampire woman and like a human man. It's just... Yeah. That's one of the things that's really starting to upset me for Rosalie. Yeah, I'm all confused. She really wants a baby, and when we get to Breaking Dawn, we see how much she loves Renesme and basically takes her under her wing while Bella's in her coma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's really sad, and it doesn't make sense that 
the sperm live, but the eggs and womb don't. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Because it makes more sense to me that the sperm would die to get into some biology. Yeah. Women are born with as many eggs as they're ever going to have. So yeah. those eggs would still exist within Rosalie, assuming she hasn't gotten 400 periods and lost all 400 eggs. She has more right. eggs than that. I'm just making a random number. Yeah. <laughs> but sperm are actively produced mm -hmm. in a living male. Mm -hmm. So if the male is technically dead uh, for all intents and purposes, would the sperm not cease to exist? Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. I don't know why I'm trying to be scientific about this because Stephanie clearly wasn't. <laughs> yeah, she clearly didn't do her research or like try to come up with a conclusion based on like talking to a biologist, maybe <laughs> reading An about it. Yeah, maybe I'll write to Doctor Mama Jones on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Have her explain all this to me. One note about the audiobook for anyone who wants to read this book, but our complaints about Edward talking to people through their thoughts <laughs> as being fucking annoying. You can't tell the difference in the audiobook. Yes, that's good. <laughs> it just sounds like he's having a normal conversation with people. And guess what? It doesn't change anything. Right. Oh, man. Um, Wait, I, I want to backtrack really quick just for a second, because you mentioned Mike Newton for a sec. Yeah. And, like, whenever we I was reading this section, like, after, after our last section, this section, I feel like Bella never goes back to school. It's <laughs> so long. <laughs> I feel like she's away for years. Oh, shit. But it's, like, still... a day. No, this has just been one weekend between the meadow and the baseball game and her becoming the victim of a vampire hunt. It's literally like three days. It is. Yeah, like they literally like go to the meadow and then they like the next day they go to meet Edward's family. And then that night they have the baseball game. Like, I don't remember that's being all in one fucking yeah. day and a half. What the heck is yeah. happening? Stephanie needs to work on her pacing for future novels because the first 300 pages of this book take place over the course of two months and yeah, probably like two months. I don't know for sure. And Edward hates her most of the time. And then suddenly he's like, oh, I love you. I'd fucking die for you. I'd kill myself for you. Again, yeah, abusive language. Right, exactly. It's yeah, I'll kill myself for you, but it'll be your fault because you exist. Like, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much a direct quote. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> they were making out and she parted her lips like a whore and he, he tasted her breath. Oh. And he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> you'll be the death of me, Bella. Yeah, he like yells at her and she's like, what's yeah. wrong? And he's like, you'll be the death. He's like, no, I'm yelling at, I'm mad at myself, obviously. Like, pff, duh. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? So unless I'm more behind than I thought I was, this section ends with the baseball game and some strange vampires entering the clearing. Ooh. Yep. Yippers. I, I wonder who they could be. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they're a threat. I know. I wonder. Oh, and Sam, I have one note to make 
that maybe you picked up on and maybe you might know what it is. But Edward, whenever he's like watching Alice's thoughts about the future, he keeps seeing this, uh, the blinding sunlight every once in a while. Do you know what that's about? You no. up on that. That ha- it's happened like maybe four times now that he'll be looking at Alice's future visions about like Bella and stuff, and then randomly he'll be like, oh, and then I see this bright sunlight outside, and I'm like, I don't know why I would be in sunlight. That's strange. Moving on, and it it's happened like four times now, and I'm just like, what is that supposed to be? Like, you know, so yeah, just, I don't know what's like um, maybe Alice's visions have scene cuts, like. That were made in Windows Movie Maker, so she just has like a <laughs> lens flare to switch scenes. <laughs> like a transition. <laughs> Maybe the more realistic answer is Stephanie probably doesn't know how to like transition out of Alice's visions when she could just write, since she loves repetition, just write, and then the vision ends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I can think of, actually, if I, like, try to, like, connect it with something that's happened in Twilight Universe is, like, um, that Alice is seeing Edward trying to kill himself in New Moon when he goes outside in Italy. But I don't know why she would bring it up in this book, since we don't know if she's gonna write, you know, New Moon in the form of Edward's point of view. So, like, that's why I'm confused about it. You know what? I would be more down for New Moon from Edward's point of view than I am Twilight from Edward's point of view because Edward wasn't with Bella for 90% of that book. So we would have new content to sink our teeth into. Yeah, and like I'm so curious as to what Edward was even doing. Like I don't remember where he was, like yeah. just doing whatever. To this day New Moon is the only Twilight movie I haven't watched. <laughs> And I don't think I'm missing much. Maybe no, but you should watch it. It's depressing. <sighs> it makes me feel bad. It. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Yeah, I'm just watch it tonight, dude. Switch. It's on taking, Amazon. Taking my break from Midnight Sun for a little while. Yeah, this this will this should auto, this should you know. But you um, could escape. Yeah, I do recommend the audiobook. To people who are interested, but uh, we've turned them off just because Edward's narration is annoying. <laughs> the official audiobook is read by Jake Abel, who was a teenage heartthrob right around the same time as Twilight. He starred in such movies as Percy Jackson and I Am Number Four. Jake Abel. Which, he, he's pretty cute. I could see him in the running oh. for Edward, honestly. This guy. In terms of casting. He was also in The Host movie uh, oh was, um another book written by stephanie meyer so that's a cool connection i really wish i know he would never do it in a million years but it would have been cool if they somehow convinced robert pattinson to do the audiobook oh my god but like robert pattinson is the type of person who would be like yeah i just wanted to ruin it for fans because i can <laughs> I mean, he really doesn't need to try that hard. Stephanie is doing it for him because Edward, even from Edward's perspective, is a fucking psychopath. Dude, he really is a fucking psychopath. And it's like, Bella, I don't want you to marry him. I don't want him to turn you into a vampire because now you have to spend eternity with him. And you're 17. Right. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> Charlie and Billy Black are the only characters <laughs> who make yeah. sense. I know, right? Oh, she has that conversation with Billy, like, in the house. Yeah, that She gets all mad at him. And Billy's just looking out for her, and he's doing a good job of it. (laughs) Exactly. And then we get the first hint of Jacob being jealous of Edward and Bella's relationship. And that's all I remember from this section of the book. Good conversation. Jacob's thoughts, though, real quick, are so pure. Because when, when Edward's think like think like listening to his thoughts, he's like the the boy like troubled over the kiss for like hours, and then later on when I checked back, he like decided he was trying to decide if she was into it or not, and then later on he decided that she was into it. <laughs> it's like ah, that's so sad. Also, Edward's a fucking douchebag whenever <laughs> he sees any of the Native American residents. <laughs> I know, just like. He sees Billy Black and Jacob on the um, porch, and his instinct is to kiss Bella on the neck. Like what? What are you? Doing? <laughs> what, what are you trying to do, bro? You yeah, know, Carlisle would kick your ass if he saw that. Yeah, Carlisle is so neutral and peaceful that you know. I don't know, but anyway, what what did we get out of this? I think that. Edward fucking sucks lately, and I'm kind of sick of his shit. And that's it. (laughs) Nothing really new. I know, and we're... Alright, let me look at the... We still got, like, a hundred and some pages. Yeah, like, we read so much, and I feel like we really didn't get anywhere. We haven't read anything. I know. It's crazy that we read, like, 250 pages, and in book time, that was only two days. I know, two days. Whereas the first 400 and some pages was two months in book time. Yeah, that's why I felt so strange reading, because, like, Mm -hmm. I got confused as to, like, what was happening with, like, the time frame. Yeah. Oh, anyway, Sam, what is going to be our next chapter chunk? So I think our next chapter chunk, really, if you're up for it, we could probably make it to the end. Finish it. Yeah, because oh, okay. um, I believe 22 is where we're starting, unless I'm super far behind. Either way, that's where I'm starting. And then yeah, 22, yeah. If we're going with seven chapters, that would put us at the last chapter. And then we Let's just do it. the epilogue. Nice. So. Let's go ahead and finish it. All right, we're going to finish it. I'm going to research heavily this week while listening to the audiobook how Mm -hmm. vampire pregnancy works in the Twilight universe. Yeah, someone's had to have figured it out after all these years. Like, I'm just, I'm confused. I want to know how it works. Like, if vampire women stop having their cycle because they're dead, the men should stop stop producing sperm because they're dead. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. if you wanna if you wanna read those ed notes, yeah, I'll DM sure. a gynecologist. All right, sounds good. Yeah, we need answers, you guys. Um, but anyway, Real Horror Show was created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies, and is directed by Sam Odie. Uh, today we learned really a whole lot of nothing. Um, and Stephanie Meyer, you write too much, girl. Just like. You know, if your sentence isn't serving you, then remove it. Mm-hmm. Move on, okay. Just let the line sit. 
Yeah, you don't need to repeat yourself because we remember. Anyway, like what you hear, you can find Real Horror Show on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play Store, Stitcher, and iTunes. Really, really like what you hear? Follow us on Twitter at Horror Show Pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show. Like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all of our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. We haven't posted a written review in quite some time. However, if you visit our website, realhorrorshow.com, you can go ahead and read our older essays and movie reviews. They're all doozies. Want to interact with us? Want to make sure we're real humans and not space vampires? Comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast at gmail.com. Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers from the internet? Submissions are open for movie reviews. Check out the submit page on our website and follow the rubric before sending us anything. If it's not done according to the rubric, it will be disregarded. Sorry, not sorry. Submissions are open for our yearly anthology called The October Monologues. Check out the submission guidelines on our website and send us your creepy shit. We love horror, and if you're listening, you do too. Please help us keep our project going by visiting our support page on our website where you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. Excuse me. We also have an Amazon wish list if you feel like buying us something tangible will help convey your love more than a monetary donation would. Also, buy us a coffee is a button you can click that will pay us the amount you would need to buy a coffee. A little bit goes a long way. Sometimes we can't help out artists monetarily, and that's okay. By simply liking, sharing, retweeting, and even giving us an awesome review will help us out tremendously. Any other pertinent news, Sam? Stephanie, the point of being a writer is to make the reader forget they're reading a book. (laughs) Yet I'm always reminded that I'm reading a book when I'm reading one of yours. Yes, um, it should be very palatable for the reader and very you know, clear and coherent and smooth. And instead, this has been a chore, Stephanie. And it shouldn't be because the reading level is easy. (laughs) Yes. Maybe too easy because you just keep explaining everything that you're doing. Please stop that. I I, I get it. I can follow. You're writing YA, not children's (laughs) lit. It doesn't need to be spelled out. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Just take that into consideration for next time. Anyway, our outro song is called Creepy Doll by Jonathan Colton. Thank you, fuck off, and have a swell evening. And this is Real Horror Show signing off. Bye. Bye bye. I love the creepy doll that always follows